For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get this crowd going now. Come on, get him up, get him up, get him up! It's a snap. He's going to throw down the middle. The ball is caught! Hey, that's great football now! 35-40, down the far sideline. We got to fly, baby. He's still moving. He's going to go. Go Hawks. Are you kidding me? Let's go! go. 20, 10, touchdown, Seahawks! It's the Seahawks podcast brought to you by the Believe Sports Network. I'm Seahawks superfan Brett Davern. He is Seahawks legend Lofa Tatupu. Lofa, you ready to do the show? Yeah, brother. What what a game. What a game, man. It's a good thing they play two halves of football and not just one half of football. The Seahawks are 5-0. Our team is 5-0 for the first time in franchise history. Feels so good. Undefeated going into the bye, but it was a close one against the Minnesota Vikings, and we are here to break it down for you. But before we do, let me remind you about our sponsor, betonline.ag, your online betting and wagering experts. Go to betonline.ag. Use our promo code BLEAV, as in the Believe Sports Network, BLEAV. Get a bunch of welcome bonuses on there. You can bet on anything when it comes to sports, from the UFC to baseball playoffs, which are going on right now, of course, football. Or you can uh, do some wagering in their online 24 7 casino, which never closes, full of table games and all kinds of stuff that you find in any casino. Go to betonline.ag. They're the best. They support us. We'd ask you to support them. All right, Lofa, enough rambling from me. Let's get to the game. My God, I've got a million thoughts. Um, Should we start at the beginning and go to the end? Should we start at the end and go to the beginning? What do you want to do? You lead lead us off, partner. We'll go wherever we need to. Well, I mean, let's start at the end then, because the end is all that matters. And I've been doing this show long enough with you that I realized that that's what you're going to say anyway. So let's start there. They get the win. They're 5-0. and uh, Needed some Russell Wilson magic. DK Metcalf coming up big on two fourth downs. Uh, take me through that final drive, man. Well, before the final drive, okay, you gotta get the ball back. So, okay, I so knew. All right, I should have right? known you wanted to start with the linebackers. I, I should have I mean, known. You know, well, we'll talk about them in depth later because they had another phenomenal game. Uh, but just that last play, yeah. You know, Vikings they're going for it. They're trying to close it out fourth and in inches. You know, not even a yard. It, it was. Right. It was you know short, and. Um, Mayawa cuts, he knifes through and over the top scrape, you know, Cody Barton who smashes the fullback and that's what you got to do, right? He could have tried to pick a side and go for the tackle, but no, when it's that tight, you have to go through the guy and he did, which, uh, you know, cut off Madison and then in comes swoops Bobby Wagner to uh, just put the ice on the game over. We're getting the yeah. ball back. You know what's going to happen. You, everybody knew what was going to happen if you gave <laughs> Russell that chance, which is yeah. why I don't I don't understand. And I was texting you. I go, yo, you got to kick the three, right? Right, right, so right. It was, look, 
4.9 yards per carry, rushing it 40 times. Mm-hmm. They can't say that Zimmer didn't have, you know, stats to go off of there. So it's um, that's a situation, short yardage and goal line, where, you know, we say shoot your gun and go get it. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mayawa did, Cody did, and, and Wags did. So um, that was the play that set up. Russell Wilson, I'll let you take it from here since you're so excited about it. Well, offense. no, I want to I want to stick with this play though for a second because I want to talk about the decision making uh by Mike Zimmer as the head coach there. I get it. They've been getting it. I mean, they'd already converted a fourth down earlier in the game. They had been getting short yarded situations during the game. They've been running the ball really well. But dude, I play a lot of Madden football, okay? Like I I don't care what the stats are telling me. I don't care what you've been doing the whole game. It sometimes comes down to mathematics a little bit and going up by eight points there. I mean, look at the Seahawks when we did finally score. We didn't get the two-point conversion. Didn't get the two-point. So if, if, if that math holds up and if they would have kicked the field goal, they end up winning the game anyway. I... I don't know, man. I got to tell you, if, if that's a situation and let's reverse it, let's say the Seahawks were on offense there. We're playing some other team and it's a huge game like the Super Bowl or something. Aren't you screaming kick the field goal there at the end of the game because I mean, of what you saw us do to them there at the end? You have to kick that field goal. You take the points. You take the Absolutely. points. Absolutely. Um, I, I, OK, now, you know, the other side, they get the first down. Genius, right? Game over. Game over, right? Kneel it and... <laughs> But what I will say to Zimmer's defense is there was a pretty big field goal in a pretty big game that was about 20 yards mm-hmm. that, that the Vikings missed against us. Talking about Blair Walsh a few years ago? Talking about the playoff game, yeah. And yeah. so, I don't know, maybe he had flashbacks to that. He's like, you know what, I'm just going to end it right here. Um, you know, that was different. That was a one-point deficit. Well, and and they, were, they were bringing it up on the, on the broadcast, too. Like, do you think having no crowd there might have gone into, the situ- into his decision-making a little bit? They were kind of, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were talking about how that if the 12s were there and if that place was so loud, he might not have gone for the fourth and one. He might have opted to take the points because of whatever extra juice the crowd usually gives the team. Well, uh, do you, yeah, do you think that-, that played in at all? Yeah, absolutely. That and then you know you you jeopardize you know running a risk of a false start, right? Because you know, sure. um, you know that that's the one thing that these offenses have the leg up right now in is that they're able to communicate you know freely. Usually, it's it's causing false starts and things of that nature. So, yeah. and I'm also gonna you know I'm gonna say that's what's that's what's given up to all these uh, these passing yards you know around <laughs> the league, not just the lack know, of fans. Yeah, everybody yeah. want to talk trash about the defense, dude. I. Uh, listen, I think if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan this morning, you would have welcomed a false start on that play because it would have backed them up five. They would have kicked the field goal. And, and you know, if the Seahawks don't convert on the two points, they win the game anyway. But nonetheless, the Seahawks defense stepped up huge, and it was monster, monster play. And then Russell Wilson gets the ball. They go, uh, what was it, 94 yards in a minute 42. DK Metcalf with two of the biggest catches of his uh, young Hawks career so far. And Russell Wilson just doing Russell Wilson things, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to back it up one one second before okay. we get there, <laughs> is, you know, what as a defender, you know, yeah. if I'm on that Vikings defense, yeah. and, you know, largely we've shut down Russell on that offense for four quarters, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's still a minute and 50 left on the clock. And, you know, that guy, that dude, Russell Wilson coming, coming up. Um, you want to go for that, right? You, and you want the pressure on you to, to stop him. And like you said, not once but twice, they have fourth down opportunities to get off the field. A fourth and ten, which uh, unbelievable. Russ just 
floated it up there and, and DK adjusted and came down with it. And then, you know, the one, of course, everybody remembers is, uh, is the touchdown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fourth and 10, let's go back to that though, for a second before the other fourth down. So two fourth downs on that drive is just amazing. Uh, the fourth and 10 play that he completes to DK when he let that balloon ball go, I was nervous. I was a little I thought, nervous. I, I saw DK, dude. I saw DK jump a little too early too. The timing <laughs> on it was a little off. I was like, "Oh no!" He's dropped some easy ones in the in the past, you know, a little bit. But I mean, you know, he came down with it. I want to talk though about the blitz pickup by Travis Homer on that play. If you guys go back and watch that play, the fourth and ten earlier in the drive, um, they snap the ball. There's a bit of a pocket created, but there's someone coming around. It'd be on Russell's right side as Russell's looking down the field. And Travis Homer comes from like where, like just behind the center almost and comes flying out there, throws his body in front of whoever it is that's coming to, to smack Russell in the face and is, and gives Russell the time to complete that pass. So I know a lot of 12s are like, down on Travis Homer for whatever reason, or when he comes in the game, they they think he's in there a bit too much or something like that. But the reason he's in there is because he makes a lot of these plays in blitz pickup and gives Russell Wilson the time. It's these kind of unseen things sometimes. And so I just want to give him a big shout out on that because he, I mean, he makes that play go. Russell doesn't even ever give that ball off if he doesn't pick up that blitz. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he does the dirty work, man. And he, I think he averaged five a carry last night. He only got three or four attempts, but... We'll take it. Yeah, I don't want to see him on a lot of third and longs on the draw play, though. That play annoys me. It used to annoy me with Mike Holmgren back when you were playing. I can't stand that play. I want to throw that play out of the playbook. I don't understand why when you have a guy who should be the MVP at least through five weeks of this season, why you don't at least put the ball in the air. Maybe there's an out route. Maybe there's a quick slant. Maybe there's something that can get you more yards than just running a draw up the middle with your uh, second string, third string, what should be your third string running back. I hate that play. Please tell me you hate that play and you want to see it go too, or or, or you're probably going to tell me there's a reason for it. I mean, yeah, you hate that play, but sometimes it works. It's, ah. <laughs> sometimes you catch them on a stunt up front. It worked or... when we had Mac Strong sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mac would break one every once in a while. No one wanted to hit that guy, yeah, for real. <laughs> But that play drives me nuts. As, as we're talking about that fourth down, that last one, which you have as your screensaver right there. Yeah, um, buddy. I mean, the things that led up to that play, just, um, you know, Olsen chipped, chipped that number 95 coming off the DN and yeah. then released to the flats. And what that did, it brought the corner off, you know, on Olsen and the flats where if, if, if Olsen doesn't release, chip release, that guy comes straight over and he picks that ball off. Um, on top of that, Russ was staring down three, he was a 280 pounder running right at him. I yeah. don't know if he got a clean hit on Russ, but he, he definitely got, he was in his line of sight when he stepped in to throw that. And the, uh, he delivered a strike and DK phenomenal. I didn't think that was a catch at first, uh, yeah. but he got yeah. his arm under what a catch, what a catch, just yeah. amazing. Just writing his name in the, um, uh, the, uh, the the story that is the Seattle Seahawks this year, for sure. Let's let's go back two plays, though, before the final uh, play on offense for the Seahawks. On second down, DK had a catch that kind of looked like it could have been a touchdown. He definitely had the ball, had it secured, it got punched out, but he had already broken the plane, and they didn't even go back and review it. What's up with the NFL? Sometimes they review things that we can all see from a million miles away is – 
the way that it should have been. And then sometimes they don't even bother taking a look at something that seems close. Like, how come we can't get some consistency on this? He's got to have both feet down um, mm-hmm. in the field of play before he crosses that line. And then if he crosses that line, even if he's going down, it's touchdown. And so he had one down, the other one came down and um, and was in the act of going down. So uh, it's um, you know, that one ref looked like he was ready to throw him up. Like. It looked like we almost had a fail Mary Golden Tate situation with one ref calling a touchdown, one ref waving it off. And my question is not necessarily about it being a touchdown or not or whatever. We could parse that out and split hairs all we want. I'm just saying I don't understand why in the final two minutes they review some things and then other things they don't review. Because if they would have called that a touchdown, they would have definitely reviewed it, right? Yeah. So yep. just because it's incomplete, I don't know why that means you then don't review it anyway. It, it just is weird yeah. because Pete's not allowed to throw the challenge flag there. No, because it's a penalty. It's in the final two minutes. It's right. A, in fact, it's a penalty. I think mm-hmm. it was um, – I forget who did it with the Lions. Um, but they threw a penalty flag, and um, it was inside of two minutes, which means Booth reviews it. And became an unsportsmanlike, you know, uh, conduct. Yeah. And so then now they weren't going to review it. Something like it was wild. But we, um, we just need like some sort of rule where the coach can politely ask for it to be reviewed because <laughs> everyone in the stadium is watching the TV and it just seems like just but, just take a look at it. That's all. To your point, I mean, a lot of refs are error on the side of touchdown. They're going to say touchdown because they know that gets reviewed. Whereas yeah. if they call it incomplete, there's no going back you know, for review in these situations. So um, that was, uh, it was puzzling to say the least. There was a couple inconsistencies. I mean, look, I'll complain about the refs. I don't know if if you get into this game or not, but I love complaining about the refs. I think the officials had a rough night last night. There was a couple of times. I mean, they took a touchdown away from KJ Wright on a fumble recovery because they blew the whistle a little bit too early. Even though we got the ball anyway, that should have been a touchdown for KJ. And then can you imagine his stat line from from last night? He had an amazing game. Um, There was also a play really early in the game where Russell Wilson – uh, drop back to pass. They kind of had him in both hands, but they didn't take him to the ground. The ref blows the whistle, calls the play dead. A few series later, we got Kirk Cousins in both hands. They don't blow the whistle, and he only completes yeah. it for like three or four yards. But just some yeah. consistency is all I'm asking for from these guys, the, the <laughs> black and white, the guys yeah. that like black and white shirts. Is all. Consistently inconsistent. We'll say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing me. Uh, let's go find some stats from the game. Just uh, – read off some numbers for you guys. Russell Wilson, the MVP of the league. I'm just going to go ahead and say it yeah, right now. Gotta stay with that. Yeah. Was 20 of 32 for 217, three touchdowns, one interception, which I want to talk about in a second. He also carried the ball five times for 58 yards. Chris, Car- Chris Carson, eight carries, 52 yards, one touchdown, looking like a beast on that one up the middle. Just, I mean, what's his name Harrison uh is it what's his name the safety for the Harrison Smith yeah he was like Chris Carson was like get off man don't even try uh took him took him with him almost to the end zone there uh DK Metcalf six catches 93 yards two touchdowns thank you very much uh my fantasy team enjoys that and of course I enjoy that being a 12 here Tyler Lockett four catches 44 yards Will Disley only one catch 19 yards but a touchdown almost a year to the date after his injury that kept him out of last season. Um, And then on the defensive side of the ball, KJ Wright, one interception, uh, a fumble recovery, should have had a touchdown, like I said, and then, uh, you know, finished with a couple tackles, um, 
it was all over the field. KJ Wright, I mean, heck of a day there. Um, let's talk about Russell Wilson's interception, shall we? What's he thinking on that play? That was infuriating to watch. I, I don't know, man. You break it down. What would you see? Oh, I saw him scrambling out to the side. I saw Chris Carson running down the field out of bounds. And I saw Russell try to complete it to him anyway, even though he wouldn't be able to touch it. And he threw it right to a Minnesota Vikings defender. It was I think uncharacteristic. It, it was weird. Yeah, I well, yeah. The throw was definitely different. I'll say, um, but I think he can reestablish his feet. As in, you know, if you get pushed out of bounds, you can reestablish your feet to catch it. Okay. Uh, whereas the defender doesn't have to. He could have just. At least that's what the rules they were explaining last night. Yeah. Um, still, yeah. Probably throw that away. Yeah. You throw that one into the second row, Russell. We don't need you. I mean, when he threw it, Chris Carson still has his back to him, and he's just running down the white sideline. I mean, it was. I mean, look to your point. If Russell had put some air on it or something, and and given Chris time to come back in or something, but the throw he made, I I don't know what he was thinking on that. Look, this season so far is a season of if they had lost the game, there's plenty of things to complain about forever. But because they win, it's hard to complain about it. I just am nervous that some of these little mistakes like that throw or um, like the offensive performance in the first half come back to bite you in losses later. And, you know, we just keep knocking on wood that that's not actually happening. Yeah. Well, to Russell's credit, you know, um, that was a hell of a job by Eric Wilson, um, Mm -hmm. the the linebacker, (laughs) knowing the rules. Um, pushing him, you know, riding him out of bounds, and then he turned right where the throw would be, you know. So all things considered, most linebackers aren't savvy enough, you know. K.J. Wright, I know he would have done that because he's a very <laughs> smart football player. Sure. Uh, but most aren't, you know, smart enough to ride the guy out of bounds, you know, push him out of bounds and then turn and locate the ball. It's, um, at that, you know, it's a, a true fo- special football play right there. Comes down with the interceptions. That kid had six, seven tackles. Two sacks uh, or two tackles for loss, a sack, and I think one or two pass breakups. I mean, he was all over the field. What's up with this offense in the first half? Why couldn't they <laughs> get anything going? Why is Russell not throwing the ball? It's it's so infuriating as a fan perspective, for, you know, sitting on the couch because we obviously can't see the whole field, but it just feels like sometimes when I see him sort of do that move where he, he steps up or shuffles his feet up like twice and pats the ball twice, I'm like, throw it, throw it. And then he does it and he just he also takes like the ugliest sacks in the world. Out of, he, for some reason to me, he looks like a peewee football player getting tackled by adults sometimes. When like when he takes a sack, it just looks sort of ugly for some reason. I don't know. The optics on it are bad. What what's up? What was going on in the first half? I, we just couldn't find our rhythm. Um, you know, that was that was it. You know, you gotta give Minnesota credit for being able to take away what we do best when they weren't letting Russell cook, they didn't even let Russell have the ball Mm-mm. really speaks more to what their offense was doing. Um, the, you know, controlling the clock time of possession was two to one, uh, almost 40 minutes to 20. So really we didn't have the opportunities to do anything. And, um, then we got the ball a little more in the second half and, and made some things happen. Um, again, some of the big things though, were us winning the turnover battle, um, mm-hmm. yet again. And that is one of the key, you know, stats for for wins and losses so it's good to see that trend keeping going um but offensively yeah until that last drive there was no sense of you know rhythm 
And um, it, it's going to happen. It's going to be like that. You, I mean, just law of averages, man. You got to come back to earth eventually. But it's how funny is it that that we're complaining about a game where Russell <laughs> still still through? I think he had four yards going into the half. I think they said he had four passing yards. So he had 213 in the second half. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're complaining about a game where our quarterback still throws for over 100 QBR or our quarterback rating, um, has three touchdowns, you know, one interception, which, you know, we'd like to have that back. But that's that's a down, you know, that's a that's a phenomenal game for most quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Well, yeah, but the reason we're complaining is because from a Minnesota Vikings fan perspective, they played almost a perfect game against a 4-0 team. Like you said, they didn't even let Russell have the ball. You know, Kirk Cousins, 27 of 39, 249, two touchdowns and an interception, right? Um, the, the running game for them, Madison, 20 carries, 112 yards, 5.6 per carry. Dalvin Cook, 17 carries, 65 yards, you know, almost four yards a carry. Um, Mike Boone, he just had two carries, but for 19 yards, so almost 10 yards a carry. They were going up and down the field, you know, Adam Thielen, nine receptions, 80 yards, two touchdowns. You know, if you're a fan of theirs, you're sitting there today wondering, how did we lose that game? Zero third down conversions for us. I think they were six of 14, um, but we did have those two crucial fourth down conversions. Mm -hmm. um, you, they, you look at the stat sheet and it was, it was pretty gruesome in terms yeah. of you wouldn't, you wouldn't think we came away with the win. But like you said, they played a phenomenal 58 minutes. There's 60 minutes in a ball game. And, <laughs> man, shit happens when you get oh, Russell Wilson the ball. It's got to be infuriating. I'm so happy I'm not a Minnesota Vikings fan. Everybody knew he was going down the field, though. Like, mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, they knew it. Yes. Everybody knew it. Everybody in the world knew it. And that's just – I don't know. That was what was most comical to me when, you know, we got the ball back. I was like, okay, time to win the game. How – how could you – I mean, how hard was your heart beating during that final drive? Come on. You had to be a little nervous. You're telling me you, you thought they had it the entire time? I could have taken a nap. It was so Oh, silly. stop. <laughs> There's Total no confidence. way that's true. KJ Rice said after the game, they asked him, um, you know, did, did you think they had it the whole time? Or I don't know how they phrased the question. But KJ Wright basically said that with Russell Wilson – Right after they made the stop on fourth and inches, he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that they were going to win this game. And, I, I mean, you played for Pete in college. You you know, he coached – you were there when he was with the Hawks there for a second. Uh, what, like, what is it Pete? Is it Russell? Is it a combination of the both? How do you start that culture and, and how do you keep it going? Because the Seahawks fans are pessimistic, but the players are always optimistic. And it sounds like you are too, so – What's in the water over there? No, it's you like absolutely it's culture. And it's it's a belief that we've put in the work and you always hear Russell talk about the, you know, separations in the preparation. It's just a belief now that this is what we do and we're expected to win this game. We'll be shocked when it doesn't happen. And that's just mm -hmm. that's how that's how the culture is in there. Um, you know, that's when we sit there and go, all right, what happened? That's when we look at um you know, the stats and say, you know, why did this happen? How were they able to run for this many times, this many yards, you know, and we'll, we'll really nitpick our game. You know, mm -hmm. we do that anyways, but when you don't win that game, that's when those things become a factor and glaring, like, okay, this is where we could have set ourselves up for success. But when it comes out of that, that last, you know, sequence of plays, doesn't matter if it's offense or defense, 
every guy in that locker room wants it. They want that opportunity. Yeah. Well, Start with the defense, and then the offense turn around and return the favor. They keep pulling it out, man, and I'm 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 excited about it, and I'm happy. I just it's giving me gray hairs and and wrinkles, and I, I I'm worried about my blood pressure. But they're five and zero, oh and it they're look. They're doing the best in the stat column. That's the only one that matters. I got some <laughs> blood pressure. What do you got for my blood pressure? Oh, I'm happy you asked. Zone in uh -huh. CBD. So that brings me to my zone in players, or sorry, our zone in players from this last game. You said you were going to be watching Ryan Neal. I said I was going to be watching David Moore. Ryan Neal disrupted some of those Kirk Cousin passes. They sent him on what looked like some Jamal Adam blitzes. Go ahead and talk about your man from the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be sad if this guy's not in the lineup, you know, come after the bye because mm -hmm. all he's done is provide big hits, energy, and um, some solid coverage. I mean, a couple of pass breakups yesterday. I think, what was it, two? Yeah, two pass breakups, uh, six tackles, um, bringing the noise every time he hits. You know, uh, obviously Jamal Adams is one of the best players in the NFL, but we got to find a spot. You know, yeah. on the field for this guy, yeah. And um, he, you know, he showed up and showed out uh, almost as good as those linebackers. Yeah, he had a great game, man. My guy, David Moore. Uh, let me get the specific stat line on him just to keep everything kosher here. Uh, not a huge game from him, but let's see. Yeah, he ended up with <laughs> whoops. He ended up with zero receptions, zero yards on three targets. So. Uh, he, you know, he almost had that huge touchdown catch. I think, he, again, speaking of jumping a little too early, I think even he would admit he maybe jumped a little bit too early on that. Timing was thrown off a little bit. Would have been a huge play. I mean, might have almost been the difference in the game if we hadn't come back to win it because uh, that was a big that was a big play there. Uh, but I missed on my zone in player from from this last week. But, hey, you know. You can't win them all. Uh, Zone in CBD, by the way, which is Lofa's company, can be found at all Bartell drugstores and also online at the website. At zoneincbd.com. That's right. Uh, score predictions for the game. Let's see how close we got. I knew it was going to be a weird score, which it kind of was at the end of the game, 26 to 27. I had it Hawks 33, Vikings 26. So oh, I was wow. off by one point on the Vikings score, and you had it 35 to 31. So we were close. We It just didn't break the 30s. But eh. not bad. Say, how about those linebackers? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd do it. Okay. That's why I gave you the room. Let's talk about K.J. Wright. I love K.J. Wright. I think K.J. Wright belongs in the ring of honor someday. I think he's fantastic. Big number 50. Now you go ahead. Oh, that's it? That's all you're going to do for my guy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to steal all your thunder. I mean, five tackle. This is the third straight week, right? Um, and I believe he's going to get the game ball because he got another two turnovers. Um, you know, good for him. Don't go up with two hands anymore, KJ. I guess you only need one. <laughs> you know, I know he sure showed us, right? He dropped three interceptions in the game before, and then <laughs> and now he probably had the best interception of his life. Odell Beckham's the next one, one hand. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, just he showed up everywhere, every you know, all over the stat sheet. Um, you know, phenomenal game. Bobby Wagner, 14 tackles, just doing what Bobby 14 does. 14 tackles. 14. Man. Cody Barton. Yes. 14 tackles. Yes. Um, and Cody Barton time. was laying the smackdown. Um, every time you look up and there's a big hit or a collision, 
it was him getting up off the ground. KJ Wright, man. KJ, KJ Wright. There's not, you just can't say enough about him. He's been there the entire time, Bob, the entire time Bobby's been there. You know, people view him as the Robin to Bobby's Batman, but I think they're, I think they just work in tandem. I think they're complete equals out there in terms of like the way that they play the game together. They're symbiotic is what I mean. I don't think you can have one without the other. They're just, they're so much fun to watch. I'm so happy they're on our team. They complement each other very well. And, um, you know, two phenomenal leaders. It's just, this is, this is what I was laughing at all off season and going into this season and it's into the camp when there was talks like, Oh, you know, uh, is this the year we part ways with KJ? And I'm like, what the hell is everybody talking about? Are you, are Mm -hmm. you kidding me? Like, do you, and then, so furthermore, the you know the point is KJ switched to Sam, right? So you talk about somebody that's just selfless and just what do we need to do to win? And that's what he was on the the post-game interview. And he said they came to me and asked me to move over to Sam. And I told them, you know, whatever you think gives us a better chance to win. I don't know. It's working. I mean, the kid can play all three, Sam, mm-hmm. Mike, and Will. Um, but it's when you go into your 10th year and they ask you to switch positions, you know, most guys could say, well, why don't you just make the, the, you know, the young guy play Sam, not KJ, Wright. KJ Wright just goes over and he just kicks ass. Yeah. Uh, all three of those linebackers played their ass off. It was awesome to watch. Yeah. Look, Hey, I'm just a, a guy who used to be on basic cable with a microphone in front of his face. So what do I know? But I don't, you know, I don't know all the politics that go into the the NFL Hall of Fame or like all how all that works. But for my money, KJ Wright is definitely a Seahawks Hall of Famer um, and should be in the Ring of Honor someday. I think will be in the Ring of Honor someday. And from this era of Seahawks football, is one of those I don't know five guys that you have to mention when you talk about the Pete Carroll era. Absolutely, well said, partner. I think we ended on that one. Yeah, let's end this thing. Um, That's a wrap for this episode of the Seahawks podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You guys can email us anytime, seahawkspod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on any social media just by searching Seahawks podcast. Lofa, break us down. Five and oh on three. One, two, three. Five Five and and oh. Oh, You were were going long with it, huh? You were excited about that one. (laughs) Do we have to do that over? No. Okay. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.